0: if you could be cheerful, ignoring aches and pains, if you could resist complaining and boring people with your troubles, if you could eat the same food every day and be grateful for it, if you could understand when loved ones are too busy to give you time, if you could overlook when people take things out of you, when through no fault of your own, something goes wrong, if you could take criticism and blame without resentment, if you can face the world without lies or deceit, if you can conquer tension without medical help, if you can sleep without the aid of drugs, then you are probably the family dog. Okay. <laughs> there was a man and woman who were ma- married for 80 years. Amazing. They reached 100. And though not young, they're both of very good health, largely due to their wife's insistence on healthy foods exercise, moderation, all things. One day their good health didn't help them. They were off on a family vacation and their plane unfortunately crashed, sending them off to heaven. When they reached heaven, St. Peter escorted them inside. He took them to a beautiful mansion with a fully stocked kitchen, a waterfall in the master bath. They gasped and astonished He said, this is amazing. He said, this will be your new home now. The old man asked Peter, how much does it going to cost? He says, why nothing. This is your reward in heaven. The old man asked Peter how much all this was going to cost. He says, oh, there's other things too. And he looked out the window and saw a championship golf course. More beautiful than anything that's ever built on earth. What are the green fees? Asked the old man. He goes, this is heaven. It's all free for you. You can play for free every day, any time of the day you want. And the weather is always perfect. The gentleman just shook his head. Next day, went to the clubhouse and saw a lavish buffet. Amazing buffet with every imaginable cuisine laid out before them, from seafood to steaks to exotic desserts and free-flowing beverage. Don't ask that St. Peter. This is heaven. It's all free for you to enjoy, and there's no calories here. (laughs) Oh, my soul. The old gentleman looked around and glanced nervously at his wife. He says, well, where are the low-fat, the low-cholesterol foods? and The decaffeinated tea. That's the best part. You can eat and drink as much as you like, and you'll never get fat or sick. This is heaven. The old gentleman said, no gym to work out? Not unless you want to, said the answer. No testing my sugar blood pressure? Never again. All you do is enjoy yourself. The old gentleman looked at his wife and he glared at her. He said, you and your brand muffins, we could have been here 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of golf, I've entitled this one The Perfect Husband. Several men were in the locker room of their golf club and the cell phone on the bench rings, and the man engages the hands-free speaker function, begins to talk, and everybody else begins to listen. man says, hello? The well, woman says, honey, it's me. She said, are you at the club? He said, yes. She says, I'm at the mall now and found this beautiful leather coat. It's only $1,000. Is it okay if I buy it? The man said, a grand sure. Go ahead if you like it that much. And she said, I stopped by the Mercedes dealership, and I saw the new 2018 model. I saw one I really liked. The man said, how much? She said, well, it's $90,000. He said, well, okay, but for $90,000, make sure you get all the extras. The woman said, great. And by the way, there's one more thing. She says, that house we looked at last year, it's on the market. It's $950,000. She said, I think if I offer nine they'll probably take it. If not, we can go the extra $50,000. The man said, well, it sounds like a pretty good price. He says, go for it. It sounds great. The woman said, okay, I'll see you later. I love you so much. man said, bye, I love you too. He hangs up. The other men in the locker room are at him in astonishment, mouth agape. He smiles and says, anyone know whose phone this is? <laughs> 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 Not good. Mm-hmm. There's was a guy named Bob who got a free ticket to the Super Bowl from his company. Unfortunately, when he got there, he was up in the nosebleed section. I'm talking way, way, way up there. And he sat there. He was probably closer to the Goodyear Blimp than he was the field. And he really couldn't see much. And about halfway through the first quarter, he saw down there about the 40-yard line, about 10 rows off the field. There was an empty seat. He kept watching it, and watching it, watching it. No one ever took that seat. So he just decided to go down there. And he went down there and he asks the gentleman sitting next to him, he says, sir, is anyone sitting here? The man says, no. Now, very excited to be in such a great seat for the big game, Bob inquires the man next to him, this is incredible. Who in their right mind would have a seat like this at the Super Bowl and not sit in it? The man replies, well, actually, that seat belongs to me. He said, I was supposed to come with my wife, and she passed away. This is the first Super Bowl we've missed since we were married in 1967. Wow, that's really sad, said Bob. But still, could you find someone to take the seat—a relative or a close friend? I said no, they're all at her funeral. <laughs> 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 not good. You're right, not good. So <laughs> that's a, that's enough of that. Okay. <laughs> Tonight we're going to do the C's and D's of marriage, and can ha- anyone raise your hand and tell me what the A was this morning? Affirmation. Affirmation. Very good. And B is. Balance, that's a constant rebalancing in our life. So tonight we're talking about C, uh, which is communication, and D, which is delight. No matter how hard you try or how long you've been at it, communication will at times be difficult. Um, There's times I come home, I talk all day. I get paid to talk. I'm in my 40th year as a college professor. All I do is go places and talk. And so sometimes when I go home, I just want to be quiet. Is there any other man like that here? And that's where we come with the nothing box. I use that same thing. I've got a couple of heads that I bring. I didn't bring them this year. And uh, what are you thinking about? Nothing. What happened today at work? Nothing. You were there 11 hours and nothing happened. Uh, So my wife, so now when I'm on the phone and she wants to know what I was talking about, she takes notes when I'm talking to the phone. This is a true story. What do you mean when you said this? (laughs) What do they say when you said this? (laughs) you know, so it's all good. Even experts have a hard time with it. I have to admit, every week on Twitter, they will list funny church signs. Have you ever on Twitter? They're, some of them are just amazing what people inadvertently put. But I've also collected some things that were in newspapers. One, one said this, police begin campaign to run down jaywalkers. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that for a little while. Whoa, oh, you know. How about this one? Red tape holds up bridge. Mull that over for a little while. We hope it's more than red tape. Here's a good one from a NASA program Astronaut takes blame for gas in the spacecraft. <laughs> <laughs> and how about this for brilliant animals? Gorilla of Yuanda lecture at the Denver Museum of Natural History. I think it was about the gorillas. Just say it. So, communication is how we relay our heart, our thoughts, our feelings to one another. And the proper communication is super, super important. Fact number one, by the way, I think our words echo into eternity. I really believe that. Uh, we're either justified or condemned by our words. We need to think about that. We need a, a word fitly spoken, carefully spoken. The things we say right off the tip of the tongue are what we really think. Be careful. Thomas Jefferson said, when I'm upset, I count to 10. He said, if I'm very upset, I count to 100. He said, if I'm very, very upset, I won't speak about the subject the next day. I don't think he was a Christian, but there was some wisdom in that. Abraham Lincoln wrote a lot of letters. He said, I never mailed a letter the day I wrote it. I'd read it again the next day. He said, 90% of the time, I threw away the letter. Isn't it amazing things we get upset about an hour later, how trite they look? I'm speaking for myself. How trite they look! Fact one: Communication is powerful. It's powerful. How do we know that? Because Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, "Death and life are in the power of the tongue." I know some people that their words literally are killing relationships. Others, they're building a relationship. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs eighteen twenty one: And they shall love it. Shall, they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof words are literal life and death in our relationship Proverbs chapter 18 818 says riches and honors are with me yea, durable riches and righteousness can I say this we need to pray for wisdom about the things we say the Bible says in Proverbs wisdom is the principal thing therefore get wisdom and with all that getting get understanding men and women are different we know that we're made different we think differently so we need wisdom in how we say things that goes both ways or give me wisdom in how I do this. I know there's a thing we used to say as kids, and probably you taught this to your kids. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but what? Words. It's not true. I've never been hurt by a stick or a stone. But I've been hurt by words. About a year ago, Brother kid I went to the pastor. I said, I've been lied about twice in six months. Twice. He goes, ho, 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 Dr. R. I get lied about every week. <laughs> I go, how do you handle that? Because i mean, it hurt me. Some guy who I've never met before in the state of Texas said something about my son dealing with some student. Something I didn't know about it. He said, this is true. I said, I have no idea. I've never heard that before. He said, well, check on it. The man was right, but he was wrong. Why didn't he call me and ask me? I would have said, I'll check on that right away. Right away. But no, no. He would have spread it around that I knew about it. It was false. That's so hurtful. The Bible says this. Listen to this now. If you talk, quite a bit like I do. Proverbs says this in Proverbs 10.19, in the multitude of words there wanteth not sin. Yikes. That's not what I say, that's what God says. In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin. Now you say, well this is not communication, we need to talk. We do. We need to be careful to talk about the right things. But he that refrained his lips is wise. In 39 plus years of ministry, I've never gotten in trouble for something I've done. In all three ministries I've served in, 11 years, 7 years, and now 22, I've gotten in trouble for something I said. Anyone else like that besides me? Mm-hmm. He gets out of her mouth, I wish I hadn't said that. You have to be so careful. One man put it this way, he said, a closed mouth gathers no feet. Mm-hmm. Some truth to that as well. It doesn't mean that you should never say anything because I'm going to say this in marriages, guys. Silence can be destructive. If I came home from a trip, and most of the time my wife and I travel together now, but sometimes I'll travel somewhere and I'll get on a plane in December and fly for a brief meeting in Texas and come back. And then I'll fly to Miami uh, to preach for a man this year and then come back and she, she won't go with me on those trips. But can I say this? If I came back and she said, well, how'd it go? I said, fine. I said, well, I don't want to talk about it. That wouldn't be good, right? So there's times we want to share our heart, our emotions, that type of thing. Uh, Don't let the power of words frighten you into silence. Number two, communication is problematic. It's problematic. We all have a sinister streak in us, even if we're kind. We had some people say some nice things about other spouses. Uh, We ought to be kind. Of all the people we ought to be kind to, it's our spouse, I've been dealing with college students now in my 40th year and why sometimes I'll be kind to some college student who I barely know and not as kind and patient with my wife. Not good. Oh, it's going to be okay. The Lord will help you through this. It's all right. Why'd you do this? What were you thinking? I used to ask my son, what were you thinking? And I'd answer it. Obviously nothing. (laughs) he said to me one day, Dad, that doesn't help me. I never said it again. You know. You know, I said, why is the guy who's in his fifties with a PhD arguing with a kid who's 16? It bothered me. I can't expect you to know it's 16 when I knew I'm in my fifties. You know, just saying. The Bible says in James chapter four, from whence come wars and fighting is among you? Come they not hence either of your lust that ward your members? Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, but ye have not because ye ask not. Where do these problems come from? They come from inside, our lust that warn members. Our words are like fire. And we may not scorch people, but there might be smoke damage. I served at a college a number of years ago. They had a small electrical fire on a dorm. And the clothes on the, the rooms on both sides would be thrown away, and we had to replace them. Then we had a big fire down in the bookstore. Dealt with a fire with a coffee pot. It ruined everything in the bookstore, everything. Smoke damage. It didn't burn them, but it damaged them. Sometimes that's the way our words are. All right? Let's be careful. Just to smoke. We don't like that. The Bible says this. And I quoted this this morning in James chapter three, verses five and six. Even so, the tongue is a little member that boast and boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. Wow. There have been words, my wife's never heard me swear, but I think there's some words that were from hell. Harmful, hard words, harsh words. What's wrong with you? What are you thinking? I don't think I've said those things many times in our marriage, but I could tell when she's been hurt. We want to guard against that. Careless words can incinerate a relationship. The, let me say this. We are all gender challenged. We are all gender challenged. Proverbs chapter 30 says, There's the three things which are too wonderful for me, yea, four which I know not. The way of an eagle in the air, the way of a serpent upon a rock, the way of a ship in the midst of the sea, and the way of a man with a maid. The writer of Proverbs was Solomon. Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. (laughs) He wasn't the most moral monarch on the planet, but after being with a thousand women, he said, I don't understand them. (laughs) If the wisest man who ever lived said, I don't understand them, you won't understand your spouse all the time either. That's to be expected. By the way, God promises to give us grace. His grace is sufficient. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. Lord, help me to be patient with this. I got something from my dad that my wife doesn't like. I like to make stacks of things, usually books. They would have a spouse who likes to make stacks of stuff. And I buy books. I buy lots and lots of books, mostly from thrift stores. And they pile up. And finally, I said to my wife, well, leave the ones on my desk and my dresser alone. When I came in the room the other day, my desk was clear as a bell. We were having company. They're all in the closet now. I didn't want them in the closet. Right? (laughs) You know what? Let it go. Let it go. Men and women speak different languages. Females at the very earliest ages are verbal oriented, while males are noise oriented. Women seriously speak about 15,000 words a day. Men speak about 9,000 words a day. Why is that? They have to repeat themselves so often because we weren't listening. No, I don't know. That's not the only reason. One man said, God created Adam first so he would have a chance to speak. Right? No, that's not true either. So one man said, my wife always gets the last word. His friend replied, you're lucky. My wife never gets to the last word. But a lady said, of course we say twice as many words. Because we have to repeat everything twice for the men in our lives. There's some truth to that. Females are people-oriented. Guys are things-oriented. Have you ever heard this little statement, the only difference between men and boys is the size and price of their toys? Right? Mm-hmm. You give a little girl a piece of paper to crash, she'll draw a little happy smiley face, maybe with flowers. You give it to a boy, he's drawing cars and trucks and airplanes. Right? That's just We're wired differently. That's how God made us. Number three, men are bottom line oriented, and women are detail oriented. Oh, we know that. And I'm glad my wife helps with details, usually, usually, not always. Because let's see, say this very honestly, sometimes we don't want to deal with it. And men like to procrastinate. Men will often say, why do today? what well, we could put off till tomorrow, you know, and we're thinking about this. As I said, we have a son getting married on the 21st of this month. Well, everything is about the wedding. They've got a rehearsal dinner. Have you talked to people about this? Well, it's three weeks away. The men say, well, it's two weeks away. Next thing you know, whoa, I better get on it. <laughs> right? Thankfully, my wife takes care of a lot of details in our house, and that's a good thing. When men communicate, we saw this at skit tonight, they're seeking solutions. Remember, lady, you always want to fix things? That's natural. When m- When women communicate, they are sharing themselves. Why else do ladies go in a group to the bathroom? Hello. Can you imagine me saying to pastor and Greg, hey guys, let's go to the bathroom together. (laughs) I don't think so, okay. But ladies will go like a little flock of birds. Here they go, right? Because they've got things to share. And that's just how they're wired. That's how it goes. And this is so critical tonight. Avoid words that bruise. Avoid words that bruise. I've got a couple of verses here that I hope you'll mark honestly. I hope some of you will memorize them. I think most of us are very glad when our kids memorize things, but we hide God's word in our heart. I word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I think we bruise our spouse for sinning against God. It says this in First Peter 3.10, For he that will love life and see good days, listen now, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Refrain his tongue from evil. His lips they speak no guile. And I'm going to say this about truthfulness. Keep it true. Keep it true. We all make mistakes. Can I give you like a couple quick little phrases that will help you to have a good marriage? These are like some of the hardest words in the world to say. Be willing to say, I was wrong. You were right. Please forgive me. What do I need to do to make things right? I was wrong. You were right. Please forgive me. What do I need to do to make things right? You know why we don't say we're wrong? Pride. We don't talk about it. We know she's right. (laughs) Boom. And then when choosing our words, I like the little acronym. I read this in a book published in 2003 by John Maxwell. If we will think before we speak. Here it is for the acronym. Is it true? Helpful, important, necessary, kind. Think. True, helpful, important, necessary, kind. Think before we speak. Is it true? Speak truth. God is truth. Is it helpful? You know, there's some things we know we don't need to share. How's it going to help people? Is it important? Is it necessary? And finally, is it kind? Because God's word says, be kind one to another, even the person we're speaking about. If that happened in your life, would you want someone telling it to somebody else? So think before we speak. What is evil, bad, harmful, destructive communication? (laughs) Then avoid words that bruise, but apply words that build. Apply words that build. When was the last time you said, you look so nice today? That was really a wonderful meal. I enjoyed that so much. Thank you for going to all the work for that meal. man. if you ever think about it, to do a good meal might take an hour, an hour and a half, and we eat it in 20 minutes. Little belt, that's good, bye, we're done. After all that work, all right? Words are built. Listen to this verse, Proverbs 10, verse 32. The lips of the righteous, this is so convicting to me, know what is acceptable. So when our heart is right, we're going to be much more prone to say the right words. The lips of the righteous know what's acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh forward us. Get involved in stuff we shouldn't get involved in. The Bible says in Proverbs 10, 21, the lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. Lord, help me to be wise. Help me to have the right kind of lips in my life, to talk about the right things at the right time. The man rising up early in the morning. There's a time to talk, a time not to talk. You know. By the way, how do you know the difference between a nap and when you've really been sleeping when you wake up and you're not sure what year it is? Okay, that's when you've really been sleeping. You understand. The Bible says this in Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. This is so simple. But that which is good to edifying, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but that which is good to edify. Can someone raise your hand and tell me what the word edify means? Really, it's a build up. Perfect two-word definition. So do the things come up, that come out of our mouth, do they build up other people? So I don't want to build them up. Ah, Jesus said, love the unlovely. I'm not talking about a spouse, I'm talking about people you meet in church. There's some people who aggravate me. All right, they just rub you the wrong way. God wants us to edify them. Because the Bible says, as much as you've done to the least of these, you've done it unto me. That's the Bible. That's God's plan and God's word. Why do we do things to the use of edifying? Here's the rest of the verse. That it may minister grace to the hearer. Boy, is that true in our family. Do we want to minister grace to our spouse? Obviously, it's something we ought to do. Our communication should be wholesome and healthy, not words that will kill or callous. Our words are a reflection of our heart. The Bible says this, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. By the way, that was David saying that. David was a man after God's own heart. 1 Samuel thirteen fourteen 14, Acts 13, 22. And David said, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. If King David, the psalmist of Israel, needed the Lord to help him put a door in front of his mouth, I'm going to tell you, I need that as well, obviously. So first of all, we need to think about our communication. But secondly, let me say this. Can I challenge you? And you're doing this already. You're, you know, I, I commend you again for coming to couples retreat. I hope you'll encourage others in the church to come next year. I don't know where it'll be, who I have a speaker, but it'll help people. Because it makes them think about things that are important in their marriage. Number two, is letter D is delight. Delight. Families bring a whole new world of experience you can't be prepared for. The Bible says this in Romans 12:10. be kindly affectionate one to another. What would they really like to do? What would bring them joy? For the kid who was kind to my wife today, I'm not eating sugar right now or bread. It's very, very hard on me right now. So you need to pray for me. But one of my wife's favorite dessert places in the whole world is Rita's, frozen custard. How many of have ever been there before? She loves this stuff. I mean, he just mentioned it and she's kind of got... Hyper excited. He went over there and got her a frozen custard mixed with, you know, the, the ice stuff. And she loves it. She loves it. They don't have them in California. We had one in Palm Desert for one year. And we were so excited. We came back the next year. It was closed already. I'm going, how could it not make it in Palm Desert where it's 110 degrees? It's made for that, you know. But he was just being kind. He said, we'll just do this for Mrs. R. Very simple. They were being good host, being kind. Are we looking around to see who we can be kind to? Can I tell you a statement about the Lord Jesus Christ? There's two things in his life that we ought to emulate. There's many things, but two things specifically. Why did Jesus come? He came to seek and to save that which is lost. But secondly, it says about him, he went about doing good. I know this is a worldly phrase, but the statement to do random acts of kindness is really a good statement. To do something, a random act of kindness for anybody, in the last week? What if we try to do one random act of kindness for a spouse once a day? A note, a text, a call. Buy one flower, bring it back. Bring a little treat in, you know? Uh, I know what kind of cupcake my wife likes. All of them, I'm kidding, All right. <laughs> uh, But stop, I was walking down to see my dad in CB Valley recently, I remember there was a cupcake place, and I went and looked for it, looked for it, and uh, it was actually, it had closed in the CB Valley Mall there, right off the 118 freeway. But I went there for one reason to buy her a cupcake. You know, what is she like? She's not into perfume. She's not into jewelry. It's food. She must have got that from her husband. Right? It's her, it's her love language. Right? And uh, she was very excited about, well, I'll leave that alone, the cupcake Mrs. Keely gave her. She said it was like this much frosting, this much cupcake. Did she eat it all? The answer is yes. Right? There, there you go. So, but to delight. When you look into your family life, or how about with you and your spouse, what will they remember? Even though we weren't up there, I was thinking about some of those questions, you know. Um, What do you do that brings delight to your marriage? Delight. Memories are the frames in the film of life. Our memories will either be a source of delight. And by the way, I'll say this. If it's a sinful memory, a source of disgust. Why do they do that to me? Why do they say that to me? So we need to choose carefully. The Bible says this. It says, consider the end of a thing. What's going to be the end memory of this? What special thing could you do? So it's going to cost me something. Cheaper than alimony. Right? Uh, What would it cost a situation like? What would they really like? The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 7 the memory of the just is blessed. Good memories. Good things. My dad's nearing death, he's 89. My mom's already in heaven. They were strict with me, they spanked me, we had strict rules in our home. Um, but I look back now, the memory of the just is blessed. I'm so thankful for the things they taught me. I always say my dad's the greatest influence in my life. I, two pastors, my dad and uh, uh, one of my college teachers made a great impact in my life. The memory of the just is blessed. Think about that with children if they're still at home. By the way, God gives us a chance at times to influence our grandchildren. They're closer to you. What a great opportunity to impact their lives. Memories matter. Letter A, delight in the Lord. Delight in the Lord. This is the spiritual aspect of your family. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. It's first things first. What do I mean by that? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. First the kingdom of God. I lived for 15 years with a kid that actually helped me with the fireplace of this house um, on Chagall Avenue, 1231 Chagall Avenue. We tried to get our neighbors to come to church. We were kind to him, took them food, invited him to church and things like that. There was a guy across the street. His name was Dave. And Dave never came, never came, never came, never came, never came. And I tried to be kind to him. But right next door to him was another man. And I know what this man, what the desires of his heart were. He had, I think it was a 1937 Ford Coupe. And it was beautiful. I'm not a car guy, but it was beautiful. Candy apple red, chromed out. He literally had mirrors he could roll under the car to look at the bottom of the car. I rarely ever saw him drive. Usually he's putting on a trailer, taking it to get a car show. And he had trophy after trophy after trophy on shelves in his garage. His wife probably did want trophies inside the house. By the way, his license plate said, my, and then abbreviated, addiction. My addiction. I might get up early in the morning. Back then, I would jog when my knees were still good and go out there at 5.30. He'd be working in the car at 5.30 in the morning. Have a hose coming out under the garage door. Like, tune that engine. I come home from preaching somewhere late at night. He'd be working in that garage. It was cold at night. The door mostly shut it was warmer in the summertime. The door open. Working in that garage. He, he gave time to that car. Can I say this, spouses? We will give time to that which is important. And our spouse is going to know how important they are. We're we willing to give them time. Men will sacrifice great time to go hunting. Get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Drive hours and hours and hours and hours to get somewhere. Spend three days in the cabin somewhere. Or to go on a fishing trip. Or to go a, watch a NASCAR race or whatever it is. How about our wife? You're mentioning a pastor... <laughs> In Oregon that we know who had horses and things like that. He was building a new house, his dream home. He only lived there for about two years, but he was building his dream home. And I happen to know that that year he'd gone on an elk hunt on the Chapel Ranch. I know with the guy who got, he only will guide 10 people a year. And they fill about 90% of the tags that people come there, unless they're just totally inept. He charged the guys $5,000 a hunt. Then of course he shot the elk Then he has to have a taxidermist mount the head of this huge elk. Then he has to ship the elk head back to Oregon. So let's say, plus his airfare both ways, let's say conservatively the hunt cost him $8,000. Well, he was walking me through this new house with his wife, Denise, and they got to the kitchen and they were debating what size stove to get. She was going to do a lot of hospitality. She wanted a stove that cost, I think it was $400 more than the other one he'd picked out. $400 more. And by the way, when your husband and wife are arguing with something like this, you should not get involved. But I'm listening to this, I, you know what I was thinking? About that hunt. It cost seven or eight thousand dollars. And his wife is going to be in the kitchen every day on a stove that cost 400 dollars more. And maybe it had a bell or whistle, but it had a grill on it. I remember that. It had a place where you could broil steaks on it. She was so excited about it. He said, Ah, we don't need that, we don't need that. And then I said I said it. I said, Elk hunt did we need that? She got the big stove. So I helped her. Amen. You know. <laughs> the time may come, my wife may want something that we honestly can't afford it. If I can afford it, I'm going to try to do it. I'm trying to do it. Uh, we have, we've lived in our current home just over five years. It'll be six years of next February. We've had over 4,500 people over for meals. We had one little stove that we couldn't put a sheet pan in. The house was built in the 80s. Okay? And I said, we need bigger ovens. And my wife said, I'd really like to have double ovens. Well, it wouldn't fit there. But I hired a guy. We put in double Bosch ovens. We had to extend the wall about four inches so they'd fit. It made her happy. And she's used it for the Lord. Now, do I really care? No, the microwave worked good. You know. <laughs> but it helped her. And boy, there's been times so she's needed to get, keep the, both those things rolling. right? We had 40 people in our home after the Sunday night services last week. Then a day earlier, we had a lot of people over. Um, we have freshmen over every Tuesday, 15 to 20. Now I usually grill out for that, but she'll make macaroni and cheese. It's a very healthy meal. We make barbecue chicken sandwiches with barbecue sauce, crispy hickory smoked bacon, and melted cheddar cheese on a buttered brioche bun. Amen. Serve with chips, potato casserole, fresh coleslaw, macaroni and cheese, and then we finish it off with a deli brownie from Costco with some premium vanilla ice cream on it. How do you become a freshman? Yeah. <laughs> As they say down south, that will help you, okay? And uh, we, do the same, but we have a lot of, we had 195 freshmen in our house first semester of last year. And this year, we've got 40 more freshmen than they did last year. And I told her we're going to have to increase the numbers for a time. She said, that's fine. It's all good. Can't I try to get her what she needs or what she wants? You see, something to think about with that. So first, delight in the Lord. Uh, Can I say this if you have kids at home? If you don't pass on your faith, it really doesn't matter what else you pass on. I've been around a long enough time to see a lot of kids break their parents' heart, go after their heart. I told a man tonight, I said, one thing West Coast Baptist College it will be good for your son's heart. Why is that important? Because out of the heart are the issues of life. Yeah, we have chapel five days a week. We're in a great church. I, mean, I was talking to Brother Keith. He was listening the first week at chapel as a pastor out here. Dr. R.B. Willett, who's coming for your revival this year. Don't miss it, by the way. One of the greatest pulpiteers in America is coming here. He preached three messages from one, one several verses. It was amazing. The D. Miller preached three messages. The Dr. David Gibbs was in to preach on Monday and Tuesday this week. Amazing. We want to help the heart. Our motto at the college we want to help the head, the heart, and the hands. We want people to discover their talent, develop their talent, and then deploy their talent. Right? It's not just facts. How are we going to use this to serve the Lord Jesus Christ? So delight in the Lord. Pass on traditions. Secondly, delight in family traditions. Delight in family traditions. They define who you are and where you come from. They're a treasured position, possession. Have some good po- traditions. By the way, if everything is a first annual, that's not a tradition. Start doing some things. Now, as you probably could tell, I like food. My wife is an amazing baker. Is it a New Year's Day when you used make cinnamon rolls? Every year on New Year's Day, she make homemade cinnamon rolls. We call them sticky buns with this sticky sauce over it, with pecans all over them. We make a meal out of them. <laughs> Put a glass of milk in the freezer, get it real cold, knock down three or four of those puppies, it's awesome. We have something else we make. It's also a locale item. Uh, we're, we're Danish. The Danish have these things called apple skewers. They have these round these pans with these little round half holes, and they're like pancakes. They have no egg yolk in them. They're made with egg white, so they're very light. So that doesn't sound bad. But then inside we put butter, bacon, sour cream, and honey. You knocked out about 15 of those puppies you're feeling no pain, right? We don't have them often, but it's a family tradition. It's a great thing we do, right? Unless you're doing keto, which kills life's joy and happiness. But that's another story. So so I mentioned the food things, but what, but what about some other things? Maybe about going to the same place on the Fourth of July to watch fireworks. Maybe your tradition on Christmas morning. We read the Christmas story before we open presents. We have a special breakfast. Uh, we go to the same place for vacation every year. I travel so much. I don't like to travel much on vacation. So we have a timeshare. I bought it in the secondary market for about 22 cents of the dollar. And we go to the same place. We know where the rest restaurants are, where the thrift stores are. It's tradition. We were looking at that. We were there with our 25 year old son. We remember when he was there when he was six or seven years old catching tadpoles in the, in the lake. And my kids, two of my kids, they said, We have such good memories of this place. Are you building good memories for your family? I know we're busy. By the way, watching TV together is not a good memory. Right? You said, but it was the Cosby show. Wait, don't go there. Okay, that's another story. It used to be good, clean humor. But can I say this? It might be a, what you do. My family, honestly, we didn't have a lot. My dad was a pastor. We had seven kids. And you probably tell by looking at us, we were all a little larger than normal. I'm not the biggest one. And I weighed 11 pounds, six ounces when I was born. I have one brother who's six foot eight with a size 16 shoe. You haven't seen a foundation like that since the Statue of Liberty. I mean, you know, we're talking Sasquatch, right? Six boys, one girl. I know what you ladies want. How big was she? Poor thing, she's only five nine. We told her she was adopted, you know, so. But we had, and again, quite honestly, I don't think we ever spent a night in a hotel together. Nine people, you need about three rooms we go to a camp. We have great memories of going to that camp. We stayed down in the basement. My parents were there because we had family camp, teen camp there, they didn't have to pay for it. We'd water ski and jet ski. It was awesome, great memories. We don't feel like we missed out on anything. I mean, when we drove there, it was 10 hours away. We didn't go out to McDonald's, not with nine people. We went to the store, got a loaf of bread, some lunch meat, some slices of American cheese, a little squeeze bottle of mustard, a gallon of milk, and some Dixie cups, and some chips. If I'm lying, I'm dying. That's what we did. That's how it was. Now, by the time we got through five kids, they were down like two kids. The kids were eating a Cheesecake Factory and, and other places. I'm going, I missed out in that, that chapter of the family life. But it's where we are. But we had good memories. Good memories. Going to grandma's house. If they're close enough to go to, man, tie those memories together. My dad will be in a wheelchair, but he hopes to go to my son's wedding. I said, I would love that to get a picture of three generations together. You know, I'd love that. And then make them creative. Make these memories creative. One man said, don't get in a rut. A rut is nothing more than a grave with both ends knocked out. Be creative. What's something new? What's something exciting? What can you surprise them with in a positive way? I remember my dad getting us up late at night to watch some comet that was coming over. We went out and laid our pajamas in the hood of the car watching for this comet and came. It was so cool. Oh, by the way, that was probably 50 years ago and I'm still telling you about it. Because it was out of the ordinary. In our family, my dad was soul a lot many nights a week. It was in church two nights a week. But Friday night was family night. He would turn down speaking engagements. And that would be the one night we might have pop in our house. We were a health food oriented family. That's why we're all like sons of Gaff. But um, we made our own, we'd made own. we go through 50 pounds of carrots a week. Oh, we hated cleaning those carrots, juicing those carrots. But Friday night, my mom might make tacos. I mean, it was a big thing to get tacos, chips and sauce and have a pop special, something out of the ordinary, something different. Uh, back when I was a kid, there were all these pizza places. They didn't exist back then, back in the 60s, I mean, early 70s. It just wasn't there. But fun things we did. To go to a park, to go on a hike, family time. Now my dad do did one thing on family time that I was not a good family memory. Whenever we had a day off school, he says, great, let's all go out and weed the lawn, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a great time to do all the weeding. What in the world? He used to tell us he loved doing lawn care until we all left the house and he got a gardener. But that's another story. <laughs> so be creative. let letter C, delight in one another. One thing I sense with these couples today, you can sense the love in most of them. Just get right? Greg. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I sense it in everybody. It was just a joyful camaraderie up here. 2 Timothy 1 verse 31 Paul said, I thank God, whom I serve for my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing, I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Without ceasing. Are they on your mind? Are we willing to just do a text? I was thinking about you. I love you. How hard is that? How hard is that? There's a number of people I try to text that I'm praying for. Got a man who had a daughter graduate from West Coast last year. He has five kids, 22 and under, and he's got pancreatic cancer. Very bad news. I write him every week. I try to text him several times a week. I woke the other night at 2, 2.30 in the morning. I was thinking about him. I said, I woke up early. I spent some time praying for you. He called me. says, you'll never know what that meant to me. He's trying some other kind of chemo. But we all know, in reality, it doesn't matter how much money you have, pancreatic cancer, basically, it's a death sentence. Steve Jobs tried everything. He had liver transplant, he tried it all. It didn't matter, he still died. There's no known cure. You might get some life extension. He has five kids, 22 and under. I want him to know somebody's praying for him. Rich Sidlowski, who you your daughter traveled he was my roommate in 1978. Dear friend, I preach for him every year in the summer when I'm on vacation. His wife was diagnosed with leukemia. She had, stem, it had a stem cell transplant. It didn't work, one year. Which by the way, cost $750,000. Now they're hoping to do a bone marrow transplant. I called him a few days ago, and said, how's it going? He goes, not good. The cancer count is climbing. He says, as long as it's going up, they won't do the bone marrow transplant. They found a match, 10 out of 10. We took him out for a meal when we got through there on vacation. She was so weak, she couldn't reach up and take a glass of iced tea for the waitress. She says, Rich, could you get that for me? By the way, how many of us know that we have a lot to thank the Lord for? Amen. Amen. Be thankful. Be thankful. She's in her 50s, folks. She's in her fifties. I write the every week. Now I write it to she and her husband. Now I don't text her, I text her husband. It's prayed for Becky. I want someone to know. Because the Bible says I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. You got a call tonight from a widow. She's got a 15 year old son. He so said, Dylan's playing football tonight. Plays for Lancaster. I said, oh, I'm in Miami, Florida. I can't come. So I said, I'll see him this year. His dad died three years ago. Cirrhosis of the liver. I've written him every week, 150 straight weeks. I want him to know someone's thinking about him. A postcard, not a long letter, but a postcard from all over the world. Because the Bible says, true religion undefiled is caring for the fatherless and the widows and keeping oneself and spotted for the world. Are we going to care? But can I say this? I'm going to care for my wife more than I care for David Gregory or Becky Sidlowski or Dylan Shirley. She's my best friend. No one in my life has helped me more than my wife has. No one. I write a lot of Sunday school curriculums, and I enjoy doing it. It's kind of a hobby of mine, and God's given me some gifts of writing. She's typed every word. I'll get my outlines out. I'll dictate to her. get my Bible out. i just dictate to her. <clears throat> Never complain. Just, okay. Okay. Here we go. A lot of times while we're driving, you have a special thing that lets us plug a laptop into the dash. I'll sit there and have my outlines. of I'm driving mile after mile. She's over there typing. We found it's faster to do it in the hotel though. <laughs> Never complaining. She bore our children. I was in the hospital uh, delivery room for all three of them. First one, I was going to get involved. I wanted to cut the cord, take pictures. After about five minutes, i say, just go down to the other end, just give her ice. <laughs> I'd seen enough. Woo! You know, thankfully she wasn't saying, I hate you for doing this to me. You know, it's all good. But delight in one another. Make sure that there is amusement. Are you any fun in your home? Now, men, some things we think are fun, our wives don't think are fun. <laughs> How many of you wives do not like to be tickled? I can't help myself sometimes. If my wife has long day, I'll, I'll use lotion, rubber feet, but then it's just—they're just there. <laughs> and so all of a sudden I'll go, "Shh!" She'll jerk and she says, "You ruined the whole effect. Now you have to start over." Has that really happened? Guilty, guilty, guilty. Um, maybe she doesn't like her hair being messed up. Have you men have wives who don't want you touching your hair? Are that? Okay, you so, your head. Yeah, my wife is natu- my wife straightens her hair every day. She has naturally curly hair. Yeah, it looks as curly as yours after she takes a shower. She doesn't want me playing with it. <laughs> Guys, there's some things we just know. I know what she likes on her cheeseburger. She wants cheese, regular mustard, not grape poupon, onion, and tomato. That's it. She doesn't want ketchup. She doesn't want mayonnaise. That's what she wants. You should know what your wife likes. By the way, can I say this? We should know what the Lord likes as we seek to please Him. So make sure there's some amusement. I think Jesus smiled and was fun to be around. That's why little children ran to Him. Suffer little children to come to me and forbid them not from such as the kingdom of heaven. Do little kids like to come to you? Maybe there's one person in your church who's kind of like an ogre who's kind of given a wide berth. You see the number in front, you go, oh, I don't want to do that. All right. Let's not be that way. So let's have amusement. And secondly, make sure there's adventure. Adventure. Far too many people miss out on memories because they've never done anything that's memorable. Now, I don't have a desire to go bungee jumping. No, thank you. (laughs) Skydiving. I heard something just the other day. Skydive solo. I know there's the duel where you're with somebody else. A little safer, but I'm not interested. I'm, I'm no thank you. Terra firmer. Mwah, we like it. I'll stick to the earth. All right. What's fun? What can we do? Now I have to admit my wife's more adventurous than me. Because my idea of a great time, I'll get my exercise and then read, then have a good meal, then read some more. I love that. But she said to me the other day, she says, "Well, your grandkids are coming. They probably don't want to go to thrift stores every day." <laughs> We were very good. We only went one day. It was a great sacrifice on my part. After all, I needed more books, right? Are we thinking in honor, preferring one another? By the way, friends, let me say this. In marriage, if we'll just prefer one another, it'll all be okay. In honor, preferring one another. The Lord Jesus Christ gave himself for us. Shouldn't we seek to give of ourselves for our spouse? Wow, why'd you do that? I just love you. Ladies, maybe it's surprising him with a favorite meal for no reason. See, it's a lot of work. For no reason. Men, surprise him with some flowers or whatever she likes. My wife's not a collector. I used to buy her little precious moments, little figurines. She said, I think I have enough of those. <laughs> So I saw these really beautiful porcelain ones made in Spain called Yadros. Have many of you ever seen Yadro before? I think I gave her three. She said, I've got enough of those. Okay. You know what she loves? Be with her grandkids. I'll throw one little thought out too. If your wife's parents are in decent health, you can still see her, let your wife go see them. I fly my wife home every year for at least a week. Because my mom on her deathbed said this. She said, your dad's been a wonderful husband but let your wife see her parents. So I float her home every year. That costs money, but cheaper than alimony. And they reared a great daughter. I'm indebted to them. That's why I'm going out there at Thanksgiving. I mean, I always have all the students over my house today after Thanksgiving. We had 168 over last year. First time I've only not done it one other time. But you know what? They're worthy of honor. They're worthy of honor. So I challenge you to have communication and have delight. I believe if we do this, we'll look back later and we'll say, I'm glad I did, and not say, I wish I had. Let's pray tonight. Lord, I thank you for these folks. I pray that even tonight as they go to the rooms we'll take a little time to talk about these things, and to make application where you would have to make application. I pray, Lord, I mean this with all my heart, that I'll be a better husband in this our 38th year of marriage. My wife is worthy of it, but Lord, you're worthy. And you've commanded me to love her as Christ loved the church. I pray you bless our time together tonight. and I pray that maybe we'll be willing to leave the TV off for a little while, maybe just talk and have communication. Lord, I pray you help us continue to grow as we have a few more sessions tomorrow. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.